Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for November 29th, 2022. If you're new here, what happens here on today's word is that I, I get a word from God. I've been doing this for 25 years, by the way. I get a word from God on a daily basis. I break it down. We look at some scripture. We look at some Bible application. Then I say, I ask you the same question every day. So what does this mean for you today? And then I give you the word of God in a way that you can apply to your daily living so that as you go into every meeting, conversation, and activity, every Zoom call, uh, every conference room, wherever you go, that you would know that God is on you and in you and with you and for you. I'm teaching a series called Pursuing Grace-Based Success, where we want to become a success. Put it in the chat. Say, I am a success going somewhere to succeed. Say that. Let that be your declaration this morning. I am a success going somewhere to succeed. Why? Because I'm walking with God and God is walking with me and I was not born to fail. I was born to win. So I am a success. I'm going somewhere to succeed. And as we're learning how to become a success God's way, as we're learning how to become the men and women that God has called us to be, a key component to all of this is entering into God's rest. The title of today's message is Pursuing Grace-Based Success, Part 45, Resting in God is a Major Key to Success. Resting in God is a major key to success. If you want to become a success in God, you must learn how to enter into God's rest. And so what you want to say, and you want to say, say it out loud and say it by faith, I am resting in God. Today, I'm going to give you some word and some Bible application that will help you to enter into God's rest in every area and every facet and every aspect of your life. Put it in the chat. Say, I am resting in God. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Learning how to rest in God is key and central to your success. You're declaring over your life that you are a success and that you are resting in God. So we have some foundational scriptures we've been looking at for this series. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace. Say, I was saved by grace. You were saved by grace. All you did was believe. All you did was believe because salvation, eternal life was offered to everyone everywhere because of Jesus. And so it's a gift and you can't work for a gift. All you can do with the gift is receive it. You're not saved by the things that you've done. There's nothing for you to boast about. If, I, if we're going to boast, we have to boast in him. God has made us what we are. Say that. Say, God has made me who I am. God has made us what we are. Verse 10 says, in Christ Jesus, God made us a new creation so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So there's some works that I'm supposed to be doing. There are some works that you're supposed to be doing. Put it in the chat. I have work to do. So I have work to do. You have work to do. And you and I, we need to get to work. And if, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Now for our benefit, God made him, Christ Jesus, to become wisdom, wisdom itself. So we have access to wisdom. Not only that, God made us right with him because of his own son, Jesus. So say this, say right now, say, I am the righteousness of God. So I'm the righteousness of God by faith because of Jesus. God put my sin on Jesus. God put Jesus's righteousness on me. So because of Jesus, I have access to wisdom. I've been made righteous. The text says, I'm also pure. I'm also holy. I'm also freed from sin. 
All of that is because of Jesus. None of that is because of me. Verse 31 says, therefore, if you're going to boast, you have to boast in him. You cannot boast in yourself. Second Timothy 1 and 9 says, God saved us and called us with the holy calling so that your life could be about something that's bigger than just you. And so God saved us and called us with the holy calling. Guess what? Not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us both purpose and grace in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So we've been looking at Ephesians, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter four, verses one through 11. We've walked our way through this whole passage, Hebrews four, one through 11, and I've been teaching you about entering into God's rest. So this morning, instead of giving you a specific verse, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just break down like the concept of what you get out of Hebrews chapter four, verses one through 11. What does this mean for you today? I have several things. I have nine quick things I'm going to give you. And there's so much I can give you from this passage that I'm going to flow in the same vein tomorrow. So now as I get ready to release these things to you, nine, I'm going to give you nine quick nuggets. As I do, I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. If you haven't shared the message, do so. Let's get people tuned in to receive what God is about to say. You ready? All right, here we go. Nine things. Number one, here we go. Making peace with God comes as a result of accepting Jesus as Lord. So the day you got born again, the day you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Romans 10 and 9 says you were saved. You were born again in that moment. With your heart, you believed, and with your mouth, you confessed. And so when you did that, you made peace with God. Say peace with God. Now, you can make peace with God, meaning that you are born again, that, that you have been forgiven of your sin. You can make peace with God and still not have the peace of God. And so for you to become a success, you got to learn how to tap into the peace of God. Making peace with God, that's one thing. That means I know where I'm not going to hell, I'm going to heaven. But you can be born again and still not have the peace of God. The peace of God, the Bible describes, is this peace that is beyond understanding. Jesus said, I'm giving you a peace, not as the world gives. The world gives a kind of peace that's temporary. I give a supernatural peace. I give a peace that, that people, that psychologists and psychiatrists can't figure out. I give a peace that's available to everyone everywhere. This is Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, that it is available. This peace will guard your heart, heart and guard your mind. And it is a peace that is beyond human reasoning. It, it, when, when, when the world says you should be freaking out, here you are, you're resting, you're camping out in the presence of God when the world expects you to be freaking out. So if you want to be a success, you got to learn how to tap into this peace, not having just peace with God, but walking in the peace of God. And the reason why it is critical to have the peace of God to be able to, to become a success is because when you don't have the peace of God, it's hard to hear the voice of God. And so this is why the devil wants to rob you of your peace all the time, because if the devil can get you to the point where you have no peace, and there are people that are born again and have no peace, if, if, if he can strip you of your peace, then he can cause you, once you lose your peace, you're going to lose your joy. Once you lose your, your peace and you lose your joy, it's going to be very difficult to, for you to hear the voice of God. And at that point, you become susceptible to the attacks of the devil. And what the devil will do is try to derail you from your destiny. And all of that happened because you lost your peace. But say this, say it out loud, put it in the chat. I will maintain my peace. I'm going to maintain this supernatural. There's a peace that comes from God that passes all understanding. And I have the peace of God and I will maintain the peace of God in my life. How do I do that? I pray, I cast my cares, I enter into God's rest and the peace of God guards my heart. The peace of God guards my mind in Christ Jesus. Say amen to that. You got to have 
the peace of God if you want to be a success. All right, number two, the same God who made a way for you to be saved, like delivered from hell, you were saved from sin and death. That same God, he gave you uh, salvation by grace, say grace. So he offered you an opportunity to be saved from sin, to be saved from hell. He did this by grace. That same God offers you grace for success. So some people embrace the grace for eternal life, but they don't see themselves as ever becoming a success in this world while they're here. So what they do is they say, well, I'm born again. And one glad morning when this world is over, I'll fly away. For now, my portion is just to suffer down here. This is a land of suffering. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. This is not my home. I'm sending up timber for my home in heaven. And one day I'll get to heaven. But for now, I'll suffer. One day I'll be at rest. But for now, I, I, I'm, I'm worrying and stressed out. Down here is so hard. But one no, stop, stop. Don't talk. I won't let you talk like that around me. If you're born again, then you receive the grace for salvation. Then doggone it, I want you now to receive the grace for success. You want to receive the grace to walk in the fullness of your divine assignment. The same God who gave you grace for to be born again for salvation, that same God gives you grace for earthly success. Now, you got to understand that, that I accepted eternal life. How, how did I do it? It was God's grace offered to everyone everywhere and my faith. So with my faith, I laid hold of God's grace. Well, guess what? It's the same way. If you can understand that everything God does for us, he does it by grace. It's free, unearned, unmerited, undeserved. And everything we do in response to God, we got to do it by faith. Then that same faith, the same way you got born again, you can become the success that God called you to be. You can walk in, in the level of, of your divine calling. You can run that business if you're called into business. You can have that career if you're called into the career field. You can go into missions if that's what God has called you to do. You can build that school if that's what God has called. Whatever it is, it is your faith is God's grace. It's God's grace is your faith. And that's how you become the success that God has called you to be. God told Isabel and I, build a school in the Dominican Republic, build a church there. We was like, whoop. This is the will of God. Obviously, the grace is there. We needed to build up our faith to be able to see it and believe it. And now the school is built debt-free, and we're almost finished building the church, and that's being done debt-free. Why? It was God's grace. It was our faith. And so you, I want you not just to be born again. I want you not just to say, I'm going to heaven and not hell. I want you to become the success that God has called you to be down here in this world. I want you to leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. How is it going to happen? It's going to happen. God's grace and your faith. You have to have the faith for it. Say amen to that. Number three. And so we get to choose what we do with our cares. Like, like you know, so there are cares down here in this world. And you and I, we get to do or choose what we do with those cares. So the Bible teaches us to cast our cares upon God. Why? Because he cares for us. And so say this. Say, say I am a care caster, not a care carrier. And so what happens is that as a believer, you get to choose what you do with the cares of this world. And so when the cares of this world come, if you choose to carry those cares, then you can be born again and, and burdened down by the cares of this world. You can be born again and walking around with the heaviness of the cares of this world to the point where your heart is full of care and worry and fear and doubt and unbelief. And all of those things are designed to distract you and to derail you from your destiny. You can be born again and stressed out. You can be born again and depressed. 
You can be born again and, and even succumb to the pressures of the thoughts of the, the attacks of the enemy to try to drive you to commit suicide. And so this is why it's very important to take all the kids of this world and not carry them around, cast those things over to God. That's, that's uh, what is it? First Peter five and seven. So first Peter five and seven, God says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. I can handle the care. You can't handle the care. God says, so give me the cares because you were not designed to walk around with the cares of this world. So you don't want to carry those cares. You want to cast those cares. Say amen to that. Number four flows in the same vein. While it is possible uh, to do so, the father doesn't want us to become weary in doing what is right. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Well, you can be doing what is right and then get tired of it. You can be doing what is right, but because it's difficult, it's hard, things get harder before they get easier. There's going to be opposition and the enemy raises up his ugly head. You're doing the things of God. You know that you're on the right path. You know God told you to do this thing. You know that God sent you into this into this area. You know that God gave you this position. God is sending people to you and you're speaking to them and they walk out of your office and you're like, oh my God, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but then things get difficult. And the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Please don't get weary while you're doing what you know is right. God told you to run this business and you're running it. And there are moments where you're like, this is amazing. And there are moments where you're like, I want to, I want to close this thing down. And don't, please don't get weary in doing what is right. Because if you get weary, if you give up, this is Galatians chapter six, read that passage in Galatians chapter six. If you get weary in doing what is right, you might give up and you don't want to give up. The Bible says, be not weary and well-doing uh, uh, for in due season, there is a season where your breakthrough is going to come due. There's a season, there's a day that has uh, your breakthrough has a, a due date on it. And so, so there is a due season for you say due season. And so there's a season where your harvest and your breakthrough is going to come due. And what you don't want to do is give up before that season. What you don't want to do is give up before your time. Say this, say the only way I can lose is if I quit. Uh, the only way I can lose is if I quit. This is why Satan wants you to give up before you see in your hands what you saw in your heart. You see some things in your heart in your prayer closet, and now God wants you to hold on in faith long enough to see it in your hands. But there's some people that give up before they see in their hands what they saw in their heart. And if you give up, you won't reap. And, and, and so the, the text says, you shall reap if you don't give up. But if you give up, you, you won't reap. And if you don't reap and you it's because you gave up, then Satan didn't stop you. You stopped you. Satan got you frustrated to the point where you stopped yourself. The only way you can lose is if you quit. That's why you have to add patience to your faith. Hebrews 6 and 12 says, it is through faith and patience that we obtain the promises of God. Say amen to that. The only way I can lose is if I quit. Number five. The father offers us a great exchange. So, so here's the great exchange. He says, come unto me, all of you who are weary, who are carrying around heavy burdens, give those things to me and I'm going to give you something else. What is that? I will give you rest. He says, I want you to, to take on my yoke. He says that you're yoked up with, with, the, with the devil you're yoked up with the things of this world and you're weighed down by all of the pressures. He says, no, I want you to yoke up with me. So to yoke in a yoke, for those of you that don't know what a yoke is, is that they would take two animals, two, in a lot of cases, oxen, and put a yoke around the two animals' necks. And once the two animals are yoked up together, then basically they're in this thing together, right? They're, they're, they're in partnership one with another. 
and they, they can't move away from each other. They're a team. And so, so the text is saying, basically, Jesus was like, hey, you guys are yoked up with this world. You guys are yoked up with Satan and the world is bringing you down. But he says, come unto me, all you who are uh, a burden and heavy laden, he, yoke up with me. I will give you rest. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Once you yoke up with me and your yoke, you're on this side, I'm on this side, boom. And there's a yoke connecting us together. Once the yoke is like there and it's like me and God and God and me, and I'm going into every meeting, every conversation, all the activity with God and God is on me and in me and with me and for me. And I'm not by myself and I'm not doing this thing alone. Glory to God. And I know that, oh yes, I can do it. Why? Because I'm yoked up with Jesus. And so now I'm not, it's not about just me. No, his yoke, I only have one yoke and this yoke is easy and this burden is light. All the, all the, all the yokes got, have been cast away. And so now I'm not yoked up with the things of this world. I have given God the pressures and the things of this world. He has given me rest. Say amen to that. This is, listen, you cannot be a success if you, if you're weighed down by the things of this world, you got to let those things go. Say, I let it go. All right. Number six, you cannot be in trust or in faith and in worry at the same time. And so, so in other words, you can't, you can't trust God and worry at the same time. You can't be in faith and be in worry at the same time. If you're worrying, it is an indication that you're not trusting God. If you're worrying about, oh God, what about, what about, what about what it, you're not trusting God. You have to enter into God's rest. Isaiah 26 and three says, God, thy will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts thee. So the, the text says perfect peace is actually in the original Hebrew, peace, peace, like a double peace, like a supernatural peace. God, there's this supernatural, there's peace, peace. Put this in the chat, say, I have peace, peace. There's this peace, peace that is available to me, that is available to you. Why? Because we trust God. When you trust God and you are entering into God's rest and you have this supernatural peace and it's a peace, peace, it's a double peace, it's a, it's a Holy Ghost peace. When I'm walking with this peace, peace, because I trust God, then now I know that I'm going to be able to get out of me. Listen, this is the only way that you're going to walk with God for the long haul, right? I'm talking about walking with God until you get to the end of your journey. I'm talking about walking with God until you get to the end of your life, having gotten, gotten out of you everything that God deposited in you while you're in the land of the living. The only way to do that is to have the peace of God and this peace, peace, this supernatural peace. You're not going to walk with God for the long haul if you lose your peace. So say this, put this in the chat. I will never lose my peace. All right, number seven. Here's a key. Number seven, this is a big one, and a lot of people neglect it. If you want to walk with God for the long haul, you need to get some good sleep. Get some good sleep at night. The word says, watch this, it is vain to get up early in the morning and to sit up late at night, sitting up at the bed, I can't go to sleep, okay? Eating the bread of sorrows because you can't sleep. He says, that's vain, that, that you're, 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 that you're too full of yourself. You, you're, you're focused too much on you. If you're focused on you, then yeah, you can't go to sleep. Cause how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Oh my God, I have this going on. I have that going on. No, see, there's too much of you in the way. It is vain. It's vain because you're, you're full of yourself. You're, you're not thinking about God because if you entered into God's rest, if you think about God's got it, God called me to do this. God is doing this. God is doing that. Then the Bible says he gives, God gives his beloved sweet sleep. This is Psalms 127 and verse two. And so walking with God is a marathon and not a sprint. And if you really want to walk with God for the marathon, then you need to get some rest. You need to get good sleep every night. 
You also need to schedule vacations. You need to schedule rest. You need to schedule moments. That's why I started, you know, a few years ago taking breaks from today's work because I need, I need rest too. Here at the end of the year, the last two weeks of the year, I won't be doing today's work. I need to, I need to recharge and be thinking about 2023. And so all of us need it. You need rest. You need sleep. And the Bible says that if you're sitting up at night, worrying about tomorrow, worrying about what you're going to do, eating the bread of sorrow, then that's vain. What does it mean to be vain? You're full of yourself. All you're thinking about is, oh, how am I? No, you're not going to do it. You can't do it. You can't do what God is calling you to do. So stop stressing. Enter into God's rest and go to sleep. The Bible says that he that watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. That means that God doesn't go to sleep. So this is what I tell God. Guess what? Hey, God, since you're up, ain't no need in both of us being up. I'm going to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Go to sleep. God got it. Let it go. Number eight, have some fun. Look at me. I wish you was around somebody so you could look at your neighbor and say, have some fun. You know what I can't stand? I can't stand somebody that's born again, full of the Holy Ghost and miserable. I mean, you ever met a Christian that's just mean? I'm talking about, I'm talking about born again, mean born again. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, I don't know what it is uh, uh, about this, but especially those that like operate in the prophetic. For whatever reason, there's these people that operate in the prophetic and maybe it's because God allows them to see so much stuff. But they're like mean people, man. I, I, I run into people that are just like, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be saved and miserably saved, you know? No, stop being miserable. Have some fun. The Bible says in Proverbs 17 and 22, a happy heart or merry heart is good like medicine. A cheerful mind works like healing, it, it, but a broken spirit will dry up your bones. He said, look, when you have some fun, when you just, I don't know about you, but I love being a Christian. I love being born again. I, I love being married and being a Christian. You know, I mean, like you got to show people that, no, you can have fun being a Christian. I can be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and have an amazing life. And life is good. And life is fun. And I enjoy it. And it's not, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because I want to have fun. No, I have fun now that I'm born. I have more fun now that I'm born again than when I was in the world because now I'm having fun and it has no sorrow. I have no sorrow with it. The, the Bible says, listen, so I'm able to walk in the fullness of my calling and maintain the right disposition. Put this in the chat. Say, I maintain the right disposition. You want to maintain. You want to have fun. You want to be happy. You, you As a believer, you want to live every day. You don't want to be miserable. You want to have a spring in your step and a song in your heart and a smile on your face. You can go to work and whistle while you work. Why? Because God is on you and in you and with you and for you. Say amen to that. Our number nine, last one for today. I said a lot. Last one for today. And tomorrow I'm going to flow in the same vein. If you are going to do all the work, meaning that you're going to rely on your power, your ability, your strength, your, your acumen, your intelligence, and all of that, then God will stand by and rest while you work. God will watch you and say, man, he's really busy. God will watch you and say, man, she's really busy. God will rest while you work if you're going to do all the work. But Hebrews chapter 4 says that I can enter into God's rest. And when I learn how to rest in God, then, then watch this. God will work on me, in me, with me, and for me. In John 14 and 10, Jesus said, it's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words and he performs the work. So watch this. Either I learn how to rest so God could work, or I work while God rests. But God is not going to compete with me. God is not going to compete with you. If you want to do everything, he'll say, go ahead. Whenever you get tired, I'll be right here. So you got to learn how to rest so God can work in you, with you, through you, for you. 
But if you're going to do all the work, then God will rest and you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get to the point where you do get frustrated because you're trying to do everything on your own and you were not designed to live that way. So these are nine quick nuggets on how to become a success. Tomorrow, I'm going to flow in that same vein. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Put this in the chat. Say, I am a success. Say it. Declare it by faith. I'm learning how to succeed in Christ. I'm learning how to not give up, not cave in, not quit. I'm learning how to get rest, get sufficient rest, how to take breaks. I'm learning how to cast my cares over to God and just trust him and walk in the peace of God. You got it? Lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. I received your grace for eternal life. I accessed it with my faith. Now I'm saved. So I receive your grace for earthly success. I access it with my faith. And I trust that I will succeed in life because I died to self and you live through me. I take you up on your offer to give me divine rest. I release the pain, bitterness, resentment, and stress that comes from harboring negative energy. I did that in my past, but those days are over. I take off every negative yoke and I just take on one yoke from now on. It's your yoke. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I yoke up with you. And as I do, you partner with me so that I don't have to do life on my own. You share the load and your presence takes the pressure off of me. I am confident that I will maximize my purpose and potential before I die because I'm not the one doing all the work. The days of me working while you are resting are over. I will now rest as you work through me. And I'm excited about it. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my, don't you want my notes? You get the notes for free. You get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat. Two things. This is what I'm asking you to do for me. Go into the chat right now. Leave me a comment like, hey, this blessed me because, or today I learned this or whatever. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose.
If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, I published a book and several journals, and we also have Grace Life gear. You can find all of that information at rickpina.co. Go to rickpina.co, and that's your one-stop shop to be able to access all of the products and apparel that we have available for you. Thank you for being a blessing to us, and we pray that we continue to be a blessing to you. Thank you.